Everybody, it's been a couple of weeks now, and uh, it's time again for your friendly neighborhood Polish guy podcast. Yes, folks, it's um, one of my favorite podcasts of the entire year. Uh, this is where I get to rip on my favorite sport uh, in all the land, and for those who have listened for a while, you know that's baseball. The All-Star break is coming up, so this is the annual Rip on Bud Selig how to fix, uh, some how to fix, uh, but mostly just to complain about everything that's wrong with the sport nowadays. And of course, it's going to be really easy to do this because it is All-Star Game weekend soon, and the All-Star Game is uh, one of the uh, worst culprits in, uh, as far as how to do things incorrectly. Um, very, very quickly... Um, why do I dislike Bud Selig so much um, when he has uh, overseen the best drug testing there is in sports, uh, flawed as it still might be, it still is the best, and that baseball is bringing in record revenues um, year after year? Well, it's because uh, with a business mind, he is still someone who does not grasp the opportunity and he is also someone who is so old in their thinking, not and in age, of course, but also in thinking and on how not to uh, grasp anything that uh, would be deemed progressive. Uh, and the one progressive thing that they've done this year, uh, there's plenty of flaws to go along with that based on other flaws that he refuses to change as well. Uh, we'll go one by one. Um, a couple of years ago, I did an entire podcast on uh, the history of baseball. And uh, one of my biggest annoyances uh, would be, and probably John Thorne, I wish I could, uh, I wish I was big enough to have him on because he would be a really fun person to have on here. Uh, because Bud Selig, as soon as 18 months ago, uh, actually responded to a kid's letter about the uh, origins of baseball and admitted that he still believes in the Abner Doubleday myth. Uh, didn't say it that way in the letter, made it sound like it was true and not something fabricated by the Mills Commission or anything like that. Um, John Thorne has recently written a fantastic book called Baseball in the Garden of Eden, while in fact uh, the origins of baseball now can be traced back to Philadelphia in uh, right around the War of 1812. Uh, so they're not even close uh, to the actual, uh, they might even not be in the right state. Uh, and in fact, uh, the modern rules that we govern today's game are in fact called the Massachusetts rules, uh, not the New York rules. Uh, so again, many things wrong uh, with the theory that has been brought out there and uh, baseball has a commissioner that likes to perpetuate all the things that are wrong with the ideas of baseball, not admitting to everybody what it is. Um, they want to be secretive. Uh, they want to continue with the old boys club that they have instead of embracing what should be the strengths of baseball as a whole, which is that it is pastoral, 
that it is part of what comes through all of us. Although I do not like calling it America's pastime. I don't like using something so concrete to describe anything uh, like that. I don't like calling the Dallas Cowboys America's team. I, I don't like calling America's anything. Uh, unless you're talking about flags, guns, uh, apple pie, uh, and Chevrolet. Oh, wait, no, that was in a, oh, my bad, that was in a commercial. Um, whiskey, uh, German whores, uh, no, no, that was something different. I was watching that on Saturday. I, oh, oh, <clears throat> sorry. Um, but baseball, uh, Bud Seeler continues to believe and perpetuate things that are wrong when baseball should be embracing what it is, that it is, uh, baseball is a great micro microcosm for the spectrum that is all of us. Uh, there's plenty of good and wrong. There's plenty of unwritten rules. There's morals involved in the game. It's pastoral, so it, its roots comes from all parts of the country, although we've become more centric as a, uh, as a country, uh, it, all of us come were originally mostly from those areas and have and, and, and mostly we adhere to uh, a lot of the American values and baseball should be embracing that and baseball should be embracing kids and baseball should be embracing the smell of gloves the, 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 the greenness of the grass. Uh, instead uh, we have governments um, helped by baseball I'm sure pushing it uh, trying to take down the icons of our game uh, in frivolous lawsuits. And these are people that we don't like anyway, but Bonds and Clemens, clearly a complete waste of time for this entire country. Um, it's just, baseball is, it's amazing that it survives as well as it does when it's managed this poorly. Uh, this would be a, if this were just a company on Wall Street, uh, it would probably have been bought out by now. Uh, at best, at worst, it would just be run over by the competition because it's run so much better. And that is the NFL, honestly. Um, but baseball continues to survive despite as much as Bud Selig and his old cronies uh, try to destroy it. Um, to get an idea of exactly the, the biggest problem, and, and uh, of course, I'm not breaking new ground by saying that baseball is a problem with an old way of thinking, um, but I happen to bring up uh, in the archives uh, an article by Jerry Krasnick in 2008. Mind you, this was four years ago. This is before uh, Bud Selig welcomed replay for home run calls. Um, the title of the article is Wary of Technology, Sealing Very Much Welcomes Replay. Uh, the ver I will read the first, uh, first paragraph verbatim for you. Bud Selig, although an energetic 74, freely admits that he is one of the least tech-savvy executives you'll find. He likes the feel of a newspaper in his hands and lives the Amazon.com uh, Amazon and eBay-free existence he also values the comfort of picking up a phone over the convenience of pushing a button and sending a text message Lord knows where. Well, uh, Bud Selig says, I am not a technical expert and described himself as old-fashioned and an amateur on uh, technology in general. Uh, that part was a paraphrase. The first uh, couple of sentences, that was the first paragraph. 
So, since baseball's own commissioner is obviously gadgetly impaired, I can pretty much be sure that he won't be checking Twitter or anything else for this podcast, so I can say pretty much whatever I want. Thank you, bud. Thank you for that. But, the first thing, of course, is instant replay. Um, it's my idea is essentially what Buster Only has been pushing for a couple of years now. Uh, I've been pushing for it longer than that. You can check the documented history. Yes, Buster, I beat you on something. Yeah, not that it matters. Uh, you're listening to millions of people. But, instant replay in general is a very simple thing to solve, um, and you can make everyone happy. Again, this is how it works. How do you make the umpires happy? You create more jobs. And you do it at a minimal cost. Uh, you create uh, 16 more jobs, which uh, in general would cost you roughly about a million dollars a year, which uh, that's, you can just, that's something you can write in a checkbook over a weekend or over a lunch if you're Major League Baseball as a whole. That's um, Major League Baseball is, you know, we have the home run calls. That's nice. Um, we also could have, I want to add two things, safe route, fair or foul. Very simple things. And it can be done in a very simple way. There's these things, that's technology, even that Bud Seeler can understand, called beepers. Yes, they were popular when I was a teenager. You were cool if you had one. But, home plate umpire gets a beeper. There is a fifth umpire who is in a booth. He's part of the regular crew. So there's 60, there's 16 crews in Major League Baseball. One is always off every night as, and available if an emergency arises. 16, uh, there would be one umpire in the booth, four regular umpires. Uh, every call, just this umpire, his job is to watch the game every night. And his job is to watch close plays. And he will review those close plays as it happens in real time. There's enough time to do this because there's more than 30 seconds in many games between each pitch, let alone the differences between uh, safe and out and how long it takes for the next batter to be at the plate and be ready. Uh, speed will not be an issue because there will be a buzzer similar to a beeper. Um, the umpire uh, on the field will get a call one way. If he's found out to be incorrect, he gets buzzed by the guy in the booth. And guess what? If you get buzzed, you know that your last action was incorrect. You flip it to the other side. We continue on. And guess what you also save time from? Arguments. Pointless arguments that never go anywhere except for maybe maybe once in a while we get entertained to the point where a manager gets so pissed off that he ends up throwing a base or something that's kind of fun but you know what I'd rather see the players play as much as entertaining as it is to see a, a, a manager go off a fat guy in a baseball uniform that should never have to wear a baseball uniform that's I could probably do a whole podcast on that but let, let's just continue on here uh, down this road uh, I'd actually just want to see the players play because that's the entertainment I paid for, not necessarily a manager uh, blowing his top. And we know that the manager never gets a call switched or overturned or anything like that. 
Uh, I don't think I need to go into um, the famous plays that we saw in the World Series and all that. All these things that could have been prevented. Uh, and, of course, a perfect game for uh, Armando Galarraga, who, of course, now is barely even in the fringe of baseball right now. I'm not even sure if he's on anyone's AAA team at this point. Um, so, again, a guy was robbed of a career event uh, on something solved so simply and can be done in 10 or 15 seconds. It's not that hard. Um, I don't understand why there's not a guy in the booth right now for home run calls. Instead, we have to wait four or five minutes for the umpires to go get the feed from New York, and then they go into the special booth, and they come back out a few minutes later. It doesn't take that long. You, it, if Anyone who's watching at home, who watches baseball at all, if you, if you are crazy enough like me to succumb yourself to watching baseball on TV for three hours a night, um, and much lo sometimes longer, yeah, I'm not normal, um, you know that very often you know right away whether the umpire was right or wrong. This is not a thing that takes three or four minutes. Um, I'm guessing that this 2008 interview um, is a clear indication of how everybody is thinking at the top that really makes the decisions and it is silly and it costs time and for all these people that are complaining about how long games go just getting rid of the arguments and getting rid of all the pauses and play for people to complain you're gonna save 10 minutes right there you're already under the three-hour, back under the three-hour average game mark, and you've added the technology, and you have made the umpires happy by giving them jobs. So the, so the human element's still there. They still have to make the calls. 95% of the time, nothing is going to happen when they have to make those calls. Just like now, you don't screw with balls and strikes, because that is the ultimate thing that you're never going to get by. As much as people want to see a computer doing it, you're not going to get people to buy into that. It's not going to happen. Uh, maybe 80 years from now when we're all robots and we're taken over by all the Terminators and all that type of stuff. Maybe then. Now, let's talk about realistically what can happen. You can do this. You can help the game. You can get things right. Screw this human element crap. Okay? We can keep some of it. Keep the balls and strikes fine. Okay? But there's no reason no reason whatsoever that the safe out, fair or foul, all those close plays can't be figured out with one push of a button. Uh, one problem though, of course, Bud Selig is already giving interviews uh, throughout the May and June uh, saying that for some reason he, he has very little pressure to add more replay and people just don't want it. Clearly, because Bud Seelig admitted that he doesn't really have a cell phone or anything like that, um, clearly he doesn't talk to anybody. Um, he might talk to the own voices in his head, and he might talk to other old owners and other guys that think the same way he does, but he clearly doesn't talk to the fans. He clearly doesn't talk to marketing-savvy people. He clearly probably doesn't even employ them. So... It's just natural for him to say that he feels very little pressure. Of course he feels a little, very little pressure. He's got everyone in his pocket. He keeps giving himself 
two-year uh, extensions on his contract, so we, we, we're stuck with him through 2014 right now. And he says, I swear this is the last time that I'm extending my contract. Uh, I don't believe that. I, I think he's going to die in office uh, or something awful like that. And um, awful in the fact that, uh, of course, I never want someone to die, but it's awful that someone would stick around that long that they would actually die in office. Uh, really, just the fact that we have someone like Bud Selig running this sport is just makes it too easy for everyone else to just point and laugh and go, See? Look! It, it's it's terrible. And to say something like, very little pressure and don't want it. And by the way, he has a minion in good old Joe Torrey. And I like Joe Torrey. I think most of the time he's been a genuine guy. Uh, I think that uh, he's had his own problems, just like anybody does that sticks around the game too long. Um, but Joe Torrey's own advice to people asking him questions about expansion of replay is you would be better off dropping it. So, um, the no pressure would mean that he only talks to his cronies. Uh, it is just an awful thing. Uh, creating 30 jobs when uh, Major League Baseball umpires have the worst deal as far as uh, they have to go, but if they don't get a job soon enough in Major League Baseball after they intend umpiring school, which they pay for, and they get pennies, pennies throughout the minor leagues compared to other officials, um, then they expire and then have to go back to school and pay for that again. So the idea that in a hard profession like it is to become a baseball umpire, the idea that you can create 30 jobs in, in that profession alone while making the game better, it just shows the idiocy of all the thinking here. Um, so there you go. My solution, very simple, very similar to what Buster only has pushed. Extra umpire in the boot, safe out, fair foul, homer, not homer. Give me that and you will solve a lot of problems. On to the All-Star Game. Yes, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. The game that doesn't really know what it is. Uh, it's supposed to be an exhibition. An exhibition enough to the fact that every team must be represented. Um, but it also decides home field in the World Series. Huh. I'm going to have to say that that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. I've heard a lot of stupid things. I'm talking, aren't I? Uh, so I'm hearing myself talk. Uh, the All-Star Game. Uh, no one knows what it is. Uh, no one cares about it anymore. Uh, I mean, again, an exhibition where that's supposed to decide something in the World Series. Not to mention the conflict of interest of if you have certain man, we don't have that as much with Tony Larus, uh, despite the uh, problems he's had with the uh, Brewers and the Reds over his selections. But you know, uh, baseball just has to decide what it wants to do. Uh, you know, you got the Rangers uh, having 
deciding what Angels pitcher to pitch against. It's just, it's stupid. It, the way this is set up is awful. Um, I will say that I am conflicted on one of the points here. And I wasn't conflicted for a long time. Um, I really, um, one thing I'm not sure of is if the fans should ever be allowed to vote again. Um, I think they should if it really is an exhibition. Uh, because, again, would you, if you're a fan and you want maximum entertainment, should you be allowed to go see Alex Rodriguez? Or should you be forced to see Billy Butler? Which, by the way, terrible. Uh, should have been Mike Moustakis. Uh, Billy Butler, good hitter. Uh, great doubles hitter. Probably a nice guy. Uh, but Mustafa should have been the representative for the Royals. So we can't even get that right. We've got we to gotta represent the worst teams in the league, and we can't even get that right. Um, so if you want to be an exhibition uh, run by the fans picking the best players, then you shouldn't have every single team represented. It just doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever. But then again, since the since the amazing tie uh, that was the black mark on the league, uh, not much has made sense uh, for the All Star Game anyway. So, color me not surprised. Uh, I really do think that the All Star Game itself has been completely watered down uh, by interleague play, uh, which is it, it, just. It, it, you don't have the All-Star game as the only chance to see certain players face certain players anymore. And I don't think that was fully thought through on how watered down the All-Star game would be based on that fact. Uh, you don't have uh, the Randy Johnsons uh, facing uh, Barry Bonds uh, you know, early in his career or whatever. Um, you don't have that anymore because again, they would have faced each other in interleague play. If Randy Johnson was a Mariner and Barry Bonds was a Giant, uh, they would have crossed uh, divisions uh, at least every other year, and they would have faced each other. Now, uh, the All-Star Game used to be the only way that you could see that. Uh, now that novelty is gone. Uh, now it's not a true exhibition pretending to be an ex exhibition. Um, and so I can't blame people for not wanting to see it and not and players not wanting to go. There's no real money involved. There's nothing. That, there's nothing of value for the player except uh, maybe getting injured. Uh, and with the way teams are protecting everybody, I don't know. Uh, if you want to make it elite again, you get rid of interleague play. And then number two, you have 25-man rosters. Not 32-man rosters. That's insane. That's a that's 10% of the current players playing in the league. It's a, a closer to 11%, which means if you include the pitcher, you're seeing all-stars any game. You flip on a channel, and you're seeing all-stars. It should be a little more rare than that. You shouldn't be able to just flip on any channel showing any baseball game and see two or three all-stars. It, it doesn't makes sense that way. It's another way to water it down. And then when you throw in all the guys injured and all the guys that blah, 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 
you can get up to 15 or 16. You can get up to about 15 percent of the league being represented in the All Star game. Now, does that make sense to anybody? Does that really make sense? Uh, if it does, I'm I'm sorry. I'm never going to agree with you. That that doesn't make any sense at all. So let's go back to 25 man rosters. You get under 10 percent. You get about 8 percent of the league represented at that point. And guess what? Fans don't vote anymore. Um, they can't be trusted. And old managers that uh, won the World Series, you can manage the team, but you don't get to pick either. You can't be trusted. Either. Um, I'm not sure who can pick. Uh, I think that's one of the problems. Uh, Baseball Writers Association, they can't be trusted. Uh, look, what they do, look, the, look what they've done to the Hall of Fame. Uh, they decided to, to single out uh, steroids and, and all that, and I, I'm not getting in that 45-minute rant on, on this particular podcast, but you'll hear it again, I'm sure. Um, I think there should be just honesty uh, on the plaques. I think every all, every pro player with uh, great numbers uh, should be in. Uh, I think the honesty should be on the plaques. Uh, I think that we have a, uh, baseball is a huge problem with comparing things that aren't comparable in the first place. Uh, and I, I will beat that to death uh, probably to my grave, um, which, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't get it. But, uh, again, 25-man rosters, uh, maybe let the managers pick the whole team. I don't know. Um, I wish there was smart, young, uh, Mark Cuban-like um, marketing guys. In base, what it, what it should be really honest. If you really want to do it, you get two savvy guys who know baseball, who have Mark Cuban like minds, and they pick the twenty five, com the combination of the best twenty five players of combination of entertainment, as well as numbers, like Mike Trout would get in over Edwin Encarnacion. Um, their numbers really aren't even comparable this year, but that's the kind of idea I'm saying. Uh, Mark, Mike Trout is the hot name. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion, uh, you, you might know him if you are a Reds fan. Uh, you definitely know him if you're a Blue Jays fan through the year that he's having. But they, they would make those decisions. They'd just take it out of the hands totally. But, but this is where the marketing comes in again. This is why you need someone that doesn't think like a 78-year-old like Bud Selig is. When you, you need something else. Pump up the home run derby. Silence. Let's find a way that Chris Berman can't uh, uh, narrate it anymore. But let's pump up a baseball skills challenge. Who can throw the far? Who who can throw closest to home plate from the middle of center field? Add things to it. Make it like NBA's weekend, but better. The home run derby is already good. This is where you let the fans back in. The fans pick a home run derby. It's this cute. It's cute to have players picking sides and all that good stuff. Good stuff. But even Matt Kemp, he went to Twitter. The fans should get the pick because then they will pick the guys that they want to see the four best or the the four home run hitters they want to see every year. And it's going to be very hard for a player. To say no to the home run derby if the fans are picking him, especially nowadays. You've got this immediacy. You've got this social media blow up. You think a player that says no to the fans when there's only eight guys involved? 
how well received do you think that's going to be? No, the fans will get what they want, which is what they should. You're maximizing the entertainment. That's how you take advantage of a situation. Baseball could have a great fan fest type of thing going on. Like I said, one of the things is uh, you might not want to do fastest pitch because, you know, you won't want you guys uh, overthrowing their arms, but... You know, maybe you coach the guys and you allow them to do it. There's things you can do. There's ideas. You definitely use the best outfield, most accurate outfield arm. Uh, you you definitely do things like that. Uh, fastest, fastest to second base uh, with a with a throw by the catcher or um, best double play combination, something like that. Uh, fastest speed to first out of the box, left-handed and right-handed. There are skills competitions you can use that could be interesting to make it better than what it already is. We Instead, we just have uh, four of the eight guys in Hormone Derby that don't want to really be there in the first place, and Berman going back, 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 gone for about three and a half hours. No, let's, let's make sure that the AL uh, has Josh Hamilton, uh, Albert Pujols, uh, Miguel Cabrera and Alex Rodriguez, or whatever, whatever combination you want. Let's make sure those are the four guys in home run derby. You know, uh, it, it's the, the the fixes are out there. It is possible. It is baseball's leadership who is running this ship continually into the ground. Uh, they've already hit the rocks, and they're saying, "No, no, no! Hit the gas. We can go through this." We can go through this. Hit the gas. No. Back up. Think about it for a second. You know, get rid of interleague play now. It's over. The novelty is gone. Novelties go away. Napster was cool for a year, and then everyone got sued. You know, uh, it's okay to let things go. It was cool. The, the regional matchups, not bad. I, I'm okay with keeping those two. But that leads into the other thing that I was talking about that I want to get into. Modern baseball has this uh, terrible thing that, about it um, where every it, baseball is supposed to be about the grind. Baseball is supposed to be uh, uh, surviving the, the whole season together as a team and battling for 162 games and, and, and eventually winning out and doing everything they can to be successful. One problem. There's one major problem. Even with the expansion of the playoffs, which has its own problems this year, I, I will get to that. That's that's after this. Uh, the baseball schedule. Um, first of all, interleague play is destroying any... Well, there's two things. The unbalanced schedule and interleague play is destroying... Any sort of notion that what we actually see is really a fair comparison even over the 162 games. The reason is, um, before interleague play and before the unbalanced schedule, we've had several instances where it has taken a whole season uh, to decide a division. That's when it was balanced. And how many times was it within two or three games? How many times was it within five games? How many times was it that close? Well, guess what? Just with these two little tweaks, you have something as crazy as the AL East somehow being judged as equally uh, to the AL Central. 
Um, so if you have the AL East and you have an unbalanced schedule, uh, you are facing a division where four-fifths of the division currently, as we speak, uh, are above 500. Or really, let's just say this. The whole division is very close to being 500 or better compared to the AL Central who are beating up on each other and there's only three teams, oh, there's only three, uh, two teams above 500. And we're trying to say that even at the end of the season, oh, don't worry, it plays itself out. Not to mention the, the weird two-game series or the schedule quirks where uh, a team will be on the road five times and, and a team will be only at home twice against a team out of division. Which, uh, which people don't seem to talk about either. I'm telling you that the end of our seasons are already tarnished by the fact that they're not real comparisons at all. We just, we just have records at the end. And, and, and if you're lucky enough to be in a certain position, that's where you go. Not only does this affect home field in the playoffs, it affects the teams that actually make the playoffs. Um, the new... With the new additions, you have you could possibly have a situation where uh, a, a tough a, a team like uh, let's say the Rays are in second place and they are at a disadvantage against the White Sox, even being a second wild card, because guess what? The White Sox are finishing their season with three against the Royals and three against the Twins. Meanwhile, the Rays are going into New York and then welcoming Boston in the season. Is that really? That we were really supposed to believe that's the same? No. Uh, you can have a balanced schedule, and you can have things figured out equally. And it, we see this all the time. I railed on this on a podcast two years ago about how easy uh, the interleague schedule was for the Texas Rangers. Well, let's go ahead and look at it again. Let's look at it this year. Let's take the Rangers and the Angels and see what the, the Red Sox and the Orioles faced in early play. Uh, the Rangers faced Arizona uh, when they were a losing team. Colorado, who's been terrible. They had six games against Houston, who's been terrible. Uh, they had three games against San Diego, who was terrible. And they faced the Giants before the Giants got hot. So the Rangers went 14-4 and in their interleague games. The Angels also faced Arizona, Colorado, the Dodgers, San Diego, and San Francisco, they managed to go 12-6. and six. Um, Boston faced Atlanta when they were hot. Uh, they uh, did beat up on the crappy Cubs. They faced the Marlins when they, were, when they were playing well once and when they weren't playing so well the second time. Uh, the Phillies and the division-leading uh, Nationals. Uh, managing to go 11-7. Uh, Baltimore, on the other hand, they faced Atlanta, who was good at the time they faced them. The Mets, who've been solid all year. Uh, the Phillies, who've obviously been underperforming. Uh, the Pirates, who now are in first place. And six games against the Washington Nationals as, uh, I guess, a regional opponent. They still managed to go 11-7. But again, the Rangers. Just because of interleague play, they have a three-game cushion on any of those teams if they have to battle for the, the final wild-card spot. They have a three-game cushion just because of interleague play. And so the reason baseball not changing its schedule uh, to something that makes sense, uh, to something similar to 
really uh, the English Premier League, which is the fairest schedule of all time, um, is just it's a maddening thing to watch. Uh, it's something that no one really talks about, even when they are complaining about baseball. They don't bring up the schedule enough, um, I, and I don't understand it. And uh, speaking of the schedule, one one direct result of the schedule is the playoffs and and the fear of how long the playoffs take. Well, that's fair. So what did baseball do? They added a playing game and shoved it in this season. First of all, if there was something that not many people were really clamoring for, it would have been an extra playoff team. But apparently, this somehow got to Selig, and he somehow heard about this. Um, I didn't hear really much of really people wanting this. I, not real baseball fans, that's for sure. Uh, baseball was in a pretty good position um, when it comes to their playoffs. Their playoffs, despite a lot of the names being similar up top, the playoffs for baseball have routinely had just as much turnover, and I did a, po I did a podcast on this a while back, has just as much turnover as, as the NFL. It's just you always see baseball, you always see Boston and New York up there talked about the most. But the truth is that baseball has pretty good turnover for the playoffs. Uh, this year, right now, um, there would be Baltimore, uh, the Angels, uh, and uh, the White Sox would be newcomers in the AL and in the NL, the Nationals. Uh, the Mets would be in the play-in game. The Pirates would be new. And the uh, Dodgers would be new. So you would have seven new playoff teams uh, out of ten this year, uh, right now. Uh, so ba but even going back to eight, uh, I think it's four out of eight still right now. Turnover has not really been uh, baseball's problem when it comes to the playoffs. Now, the schedule is. Uh, so what do they do? Uh, they shoved in, in the uh, new collective bargaining agreement, uh, the extra playoff team and the play-in game this year. The only problem is, is that to figure out the schedule, the winners of the playoff, uh, the lower seeds after the play-in games, in other words, the teams that do not have the home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs, they will actually be getting the first two home games this year. And then, the higher seed will have the last three games. So, um, that means the worst team this year will only have to win one out of three on the road if they're able to hold serve at home. How silly is that? You could have waited a year and figured out the schedule. In fact, better yet, if you really want to add another team, we've had this. We had the National League uh, until uh, for a long time has had had a three-game series rule for ties. Um, you could do that for the fourth and fifth wild card. Uh, that would be allow the better teams to set their rotations exactly how they want it. You would get four days of rest. Um, you should force the lowest teams. If you really want to, okay, this is how you would have done it. Uh, they wanted to make winning the division more important. 
well, this is how you would have done it. And this is how you could have done it with the normal schedule and not adding to it. First, I do the crazy thing, which no one's ever going to agree to this. I understand. And I know that people, I know that owners are not going to do this and they're not going to sacrifice 5% of their revenue just to have this and have something make sense. I get it. It goes down to the almighty dollar. I get it. I'm just saying, if you really wanted to fix it, this is what you do. You shave a week off of the regular season, you have a 154-game schedule. You're now finishing a week earlier. You then have a three-game playoff between the fourth and the fifth seed, the two wild cards. They, they have to battle each other to move on. This, and after the uh, fourth game, um, you force them, after the fourth day, after the third game, however you schedule, over four days, five days, I don't care. But what you do do is you start the, let's do it over five days. Regular season ends on Saturday, on Sunday. You start the new playoff, the three-game playoff on Monday, and they play on Wednesday and Friday. But the second round of the playoffs, the uh, divisional series that we know now, starts on Saturday. That's Saturday night. Prime time. Yes, it's a fall. It's against baseball. I mean, it's against, against football. That's scary. I could get killed anyway. But you start a new series at night on Saturday. Uh, you you have that as you can have that as a five game series still, and then you still play your last two seven game series, and you finish. Actually, you think with that you would finish a couple of days sooner than you finish now. And you would have something that makes sense. And yes, that means the first round series, the wild card, if it went to a game three, they would have to play back to back on that Saturday. It's supposed to be hard for the wild card because they didn't win the division. Not, it shouldn't be as easy as it is for the wild card now. I get that thinking. I get it. I'm fine with it. Uh, there is risk reward with that. Uh, I, I, I get all that. But if you really want to do it, that's how you do it. It's that simple. Yes, you give it 5% of revenue. You know what? You want to save 5% of revenue? Stop giving out Jason Worth contracts. How about that? No one says anyone has to pay these guys $126 million when they're mediocre players. Who said that? I didn't hear anyone say that. It's not a rule. That doesn't mean he deserve, everyone deserves $19 million or whatever it is. So that's, that is how you would fix baseball playoffs. And the schedule... All in one fell swoop. Finally, the last gripe. A lot of griping. Yes, this is the all-complainer hour. Baseball and marketing. Again, they are missing the boat. Of course, I've hit on this a little bit earlier. Um, baseball currently has probably one of the best products you can possibly have out there in promoting their sport in MLB TV. Uh, you are allowed to watch uh, live games. Games are archived 15 minutes after they're done. Uh, if you're watching them live on TV, uh, that's online. If you're watching them live on t TV, it's even faster than that. Um, MLB at bat is a great way to watch any game that you want on the road, uh, except, for the uh, except for the nationally televised games on Fox on Saturday. That's the one caveat. Uh, they do not push this enough. Uh, the technology, they finally got it right. They have problems with Silverlight a few years ago. Uh, 
Which, of course, I'm sure Bud Selig, someone said, Bud, we should try Silverlight. We got a really good deal from Microsoft on this crappy technology. Um, finally, they've gotten things right. Uh, things have been figured out a couple... Of, I wouldn't have said this uh, three or four years ago, but it's the way I'm able to watch the Mets. And I've had it for four years. Um, so I can tell you now that MLB TV, and I've had Sunday Ticket, uh, I had free trials, Game Pass, and all that. MLB TV is the best digital product out there, and it's not pushed at all by Major League Baseball, hardly at all. You might see a commercial or two for it uh, during the All-Star game, but again, you don't see it normal from day-to-day -day practice. You don't see it at the ballpark. Uh, I know that because I, I actually go to games too. Um, also, despite all this, despite this great product, um, you can get highlights on MLB highlights um, on MLB.com, and you can get it through MLB TV. Where else can you get MLB highlights? Nowhere. Which is the dumbest thing possible. They need baseball needs to stop this old way of thinking and these these crazy ideas of somehow protecting their content. When for this, when, by the way, MLB TV, MLB TV compared to other products is a smaller fee. So they're taking a smaller fee than everyone else, but yet, unless you have that subscription, or unless you, <laughs> if you don't want to go to MLB.com, you can't watch baseball highlights because they watch their stuff. The one thing they do do is watch their video content like a hawk. You can't go to YouTube, and it's a YouTube generation. I have a little sister. She loves YouTube. Uh, she's mostly looking on there just to, to see uh, uh, stuff, uh, cheats and stuff in video games and stuff like that. But what if a kid comes across a baseball YouTube of a modern player? That would be great. Guess what? Can't see it. Baseball needs someone that actually understands marketing, has a mind for the future, and has a mind for modern technology. And the fact that they watch their content so closely and do it in such a substandard and stupid way and undermine their own ability to market their sport when they have an opportunity. Baseball has an opportunity right now. There are people souring on the NFL. There are people saying, I don't want my kids doing that anymore. I'm afraid he's going to blow his brains out by age 45. This is true. Parents think in spectrums. Parents think in polarities. It's easy to, to go from point A to point B on something as simple as whether or not they want to play, they're going to let their kids play football. Baseball has this opportunity. It doesn't grab it at all. Instead, instead he, baseball is happy living in their Amazon.com and eBay free existence. Grow up. Get someone smart and young, Mark Cuban-like mind. Hell, get, get even get Larry Ellison. I know he's old, but at least he had a at least he had a progressive mind when it comes to marketing us anything. They don't know what they're doing. They're making a ton of money, not even knowing what they're doing, and it's sad that they, they, they can't do better than this. Um, so. Baseball, come on, man. Come on.
Finally, folks, uh, want to get to a uh, model American of the week, and uh, I gotta say, I was not a Justin Gatlin fan uh, before, uh, but as reported uh, by Maggie Hendricks um, on June 26th for Yahoo Sports, you might have heard the story about Allison Felix and Geneva Tarmo. Tarmo. I, I can't say her name correctly. Um, they're, the, they're the two women that tied first spot on the U.S. Olympic team. Uh, Tarmo uh, decided to give the spot to Allison Felix. Of course, there was a big hubbub about having a race-off or a flip of a coin, and then there's a push for the race-off, uh, the runoff, and it looked like it was going to happen, and then all of a sudden it didn't. I want to give Justin Gatlin a model American of the week because he... Had the guts to say what a lot of men were thinking anyway. So I thank you, Justin. Justin, get I, I will I will get this right. <clears throat> wow, Felix and Tarmo are deciding between a runoff or a coin flip. Gatlin offered a third sexist opinion: a mud slash jello wrestling match. First, he said he wanted jello wrestling. Then he wanted to switch it to mud on Sports Center. Uh, one quote was, I'm voting for the Jell-O wrestling match. Red Jell-O, that's my favorite. Uh, of course, the uh, writer goes on to complain about how it's not, not funny and it's supposed to be funny. You know what? It is funny. It is funny because, you know what? Girls, you have dirty thoughts, too. Thank God for Justin Gatlin for just going out there and saying what... Millions of red-blooded American males were thinking at the time. Especially because they're not bad-looking girls. Man, that would be nice to have them in a Jell-O wrestling match. Why couldn't it have been decided that way? Tell me why not. I, it takes gumption and heart and, 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 and determination to win at Jell-O wrestling. It does. Who can tell me it doesn't? It's hard. I gotta imagine it's very hard to stand up and get leverage in a vat of jello. I've never done it myself. I'm willing to watch women do it though. So, Model Mary of the Week, Justin Gatlin, thank you for being a disgusting pig that most of us are. Thank you very much, and thank you for listening to my annual Rip on Bud, Bud Selig podcast on baseball. Boy, it's, it's really not hard to fix this sport, is it? it, it these, are, these aren't big tweaks by any means. By any means whatsoever. But yet, but yet Bud Selig and now Joe Torrey and all the cronies around think that we should just drop it. Well, guess what? A lot of kids are, and they're not picking up a baseball glove. Thank you very much again for listening to the Polish Guy Podcast. I'll talk to you again. And guess what, folks? Don't worry. Football's coming.
folks, welcome to the bonus coverage of my annual report on what uh, baseball is doing wrong every year. Uh, it's the time for the Midsummer Classic for baseball, so of course, uh, even though baseball is one of the best, probably the best all-star game that there is, they still get a lot of things wrong, and uh, you know, I don't have a lot of new thoughts from what I recorded last year, so what this is is just simply some bonus material at the end, uh, hopefully that... Uh, you stuck around. You listen. You listen again. Uh, of course, right now, if you're listen, if this is just new material right now for you, that's great. If you've heard it before, if you've listened to the baseball coverage that I had uh, previously on this podcast, you're probably really pissed off at Bud Selig right now. Well, there's another reason to be pissed off. You know, last part of that podcast is is about uh, Major League Baseball and its marketing. Now, even when they try to get things right, they never, almost always get it wrong. And this week was the final vote for, uh, the fan vote for the final player on each All-Star game, uh, on each All-Star team. A couple of things that are interesting about how this happened. Of course, this brings me into the subject of Yasiel Puig, and uh, Freddie Freeman beat him out. Okay. That's fine. The fans voted on it. Well, guess what? In those final few days that there was voting, first of all, Freddie Freeman was at home. He was in Atlanta. It was more chances for his fans to vote for him than had Puig had the opportunity to be at home. It probably wasn't that much of a difference, but it could have been enough to put Freeman over the top. Now, Baseball has a hard time defining the All-Star game, even though it still is the best All-Star game around. Obviously, they've done something colossally stupid, and now they've tied a game where you have insane rules like huge rosters, pitchers that pitch on Sunday can pitch on Tuesday, guys are making the team that haven't played all year, you end up having about 10% of the league be considered an all-star, and every single team is represented. And, of course, baseball wants to somehow tie meaning to that game. Well, you destroy the meaning of the game for what it used to be with two things. Free agency, which swelled the sums of money involved with the players, which is good for the players. This is good, okay? I, I don't doubt what free agency has done with, for baseball. But simply, once you get those large sums of money, the last thing you want to see happen is Ray Fossey or something like that. And if you're not familiar with Ray Fossey, that's who Pete Rose ran over in the All-Star game. His career was never the same. You don't want to have that now. You don't want to ever have that. And not when you're paying the best players in the game $20 million a year. Especially when the game doesn't really mean anything, but yet we've tied home field advantage of the World Series, which could easily be solved simply by, who has the best record and makes the World Series? you got to earn it. You're now with the wild card. You could have an 89-win team still be the home team for the World Series. There's still incentives to keep it the way it should have been all along, or just simply switch it each year. It's not that hard. But, of course, they've made it hard. And the way they made it hard this week with the Osceola Puig and all the voting is he got these 
stupid ideas of teams pairing up to try to vote their own guys in, uh, doing it all over Twitter. Uh, the Twitter links weren't working for people to be able to vote easily, so there's confusion on whether their votes were actually getting through. Somehow, they still got this wrong. MLB, you have a Twitter feed. MLB, every hour on the hour, just like a, use one of your drones, one of your young kids like me, that are over there, put out a tweet every hour. This is where you vote. Hell, do it every half hour. Do it every minute. It doesn't matter. But doing this and not, not explaining everything cause unnecessary confusion, which is just, that's how old thinking does things. Old thinking thinks it's doing something new and then creates even more drama and stupidity. Well, this is a beautiful thing here. It's showing just exactly how baseball likes to get things wrong, even when they get that right. Like I said, they have the best game, and then they manage it in the worst way. Of course, uh, another one of my gripes is instant replay. Uh, they're try they want to try new things but haven't quite figured it out. Uh, they don't feel like an extension of instant replay is necessary at the time. I, I just don't even know where to go with this anymore. The technology is embarrassing your umpires every single day. They do an amazing job of getting things right all the time, but we're not. We're now in an era that if a call is get gotten wrong, an agree is an egregious call, it's going to be shown everywhere within the next four hours, and the umpires have to explain themselves. This the umpires should agree to this because, again, I agree with Buster only. The fifth umpire in the booth, easiest thing in the world to do, and baseball wants to grab and say, "Oh, we don't have the exact cameras." Just do it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't actually have to be the exact same because baseball stadiums, being the way they are and being that all walls are not all the same, it is impossible to get the exact angles needed at every single stadium. But you can get damn close. You can get very, 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 very close. And you're not going to set yourself up for more scrutiny unless you're just going to listen to the idiots that will still figure out something to complain about. If you instill the fifth umpire. You pay all these guys that deserve jobs that have only a year left to go before they have to go through umpiring school again. Another one of the insane rules that baseball has. If you don't make the majors as an umpire, eventually you'll lose it. It's like if you were 30 years old and all of a sudden one day you didn't get to drive a sports car, you get your license taken away. That's how stupid that rule is. Anyway, Baseball sees that there's not going to be this is this glacial move towards the correct way to do instant replay, you know. And they want to, and this is when you, when people don't really want to do things, they they will be smart enough to figure out the smallest detail to complain about, and then use that as a detail to not do something that makes sense. People that work for you do it all the time if you're a manager, you know. They they, they don't really want to do that, so they say, ah, I can't do this very simple thing. And baseball says, ah, I can't quite get the angles on the cameras that I want at every single stadium. You're not going to. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that's a roadblock if you want to get that detailed about it. Ooh, you, you might miss one out of a hundred calls because you don't quite have the correct angle. Well, it's better than getting all 100 of those wrong, isn't it? Is the, the solution and, and getting caught up in the minutiae is, is just more proof 
the old boys club. They don't want to change anything. Pretty insane if you ask me. Um, getting back to the Yasiel the Puig argument, uh, a lot of people have asked me this week. Uh, to me, this is very simple. Yeah, I get it, the service time and all that. Yeah, I, I get it. Well, if the players like Jonathan Pavelbon want to uh, talk about service time, well, let's talk about all those guys that always used to make the, the all the veterans that make the All-Star game and win the votes every year uh, now uh, that, that don't deserve it. Uh, that are they're actually blocking younger players that probably deserve it just because they've had the long-term re name recognition. It's happened tons of times over the years. I don't need to spew out a bunch of names. Cal Ripken Jr., <clears throat> but for one, see, it, it, it's not that hard. Now, if, first of all, yes, Yopwig, in my opinion, should have been in the All-Star game. A length of time to be in the league is not a valid argument for telling someone that they can't be in the game. Yeah, it's a little bit semantic saying that the All-Star game should be about stars, but it is. It is It is the fans' chance once a year to get all the biggest names and the biggest stars on the field all at the same time. Freddie Freeman, hell of a great guy. Gives a great interview. No one knows him. Yes, Yo Puig, second largest market in the entire country. Everyone knows him in that market. Everyone knows that he batted 400 in his first month. You get him in the All-Star game, you win two ways. One, you get the critics to complain about him. And then if he does badly in the All-Star game, the critics can squeal louder. If he does well in the All-Star game against the best, then his fans and his star will grow. Baseball wins marketing that way by getting Yasiel Puig into the All-Star game. Forget about the rest of this argument. The other argument is that, well, this is, deci this is deciding something, so we shouldn't have someone like him on the All-Star team. Well, is he, are, are the Dodgers now just one game out of first place or one and a half games out of first place, and mostly because of Puig helping that offense? That doesn't mean anything. And if you want to if you want to talk about how how wrong it is to have him in there when it's it, when it does decide something, well, then you shouldn't have every team represented because for some reason Chris Carter or Bud Norris, you know, I don't even know who made it from the Astros. I got to be honest with you, I, whoever it was from the Astros is blocking a better player. Perhaps that player from the Astros was blocking Freddie Freeman. And you could have had Freddie Freeman and Yasiel Puig all on the same All-Star team, and then you would really be fielding the best team against the best AL team deciding something for the World Series. But you know what? That's too simple. Baseball can't do it that way. People want to complain about everything. Yes, I get it. It's, it's the new era. I, after all, this is a podcast where my job is to educate and complain. Well, when it comes to baseball, somehow they still get things wrong when it's really easy to get them right. So you want to complain about Yasiel Puig uh, being even a candidate for the All-Star game? Fix the other things first. It wouldn't have been a problem. And if you're going to argue with me that he's not a star yet, well, then I guess East Coast bias exists. Uh, here, I'm on the East Coast, basically. Uh, I'm Midwest Ohio. But I know he's a star. All the West Coast knows he's a star. Vince Scully knows he's a star. We don't get to see him every day. We don't even get to see his highlights that much. We still get more highlights of Jer Derek Jeter limping around than we get of Yasiel Puig and what he's doing batting 400 and 
after 45 games. So that's my opinion on that. That's a little addition here to the baseball. Uh, two more comments. A bonus model, American. I'm not going to give you bonus coverage on something like this and, and be lazy by not giving a full new podcast and I'm not and then not give you another model American. But first I want to talk a little bit about the NBA. Dwight Howard, first of all, um, we know who he is. I feel sorry for you, Atlanta. I'm glad that he I, I'm, I feel sorry for Houston. I feel a little sorry for Atlanta because I really thought that was a situation that if they could have made it work, that's the one that could have made the most sense. And he would have gotten to a comfort level where he might have actually started to repair his reputation, which is almost irreparable at this point. Uh, he's he's not a top five star in the league um, right now. Is he the best center? I, I guess. But does it really matter to have the best center anymore? Uh, you know, the Mavericks had a role player center. Uh, of course, the Heat don't really have a center. You know, I'm wondering if this is the new trend in the NBA that everyone's six eight and ridiculously athletic, like LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and all that. And I think Leonard's even a little taller. Uh, I wonder if even having the best center in the league is really worth that much. Uh, having said that about Dwight Howard, I mean, look, good for the Rockets. Uh, if he's going to succeed, this is probably the second best place that it could have been. I really thought Atlanta was number one. So it's it's a move that you got to do if you're the Rockets, or you know, it's one of those things where you, yeah, you know, eh, I guess we have to do this. Usually that leads to bad things when the answer is, yeah, I feel like I have to do this. Um, but that's how it goes. It goes like that sometimes. I, I he might do well in Houston. Texas has a lot of things to think about other than the Rockets. Um, He's got to get comparisons for the diehard fans of the centers of the past there. That might actually be a good marketing campaign. That's going to work out. Um, as far as the Lakers go, I actually agree, agree with Bill Simmons. They should just blow it up if, if they can stomach it for a year, if they think that Jack Nicholson is going to last another year and a half. Um, that's the way it's going to go. It's going to be a weird season in the NBA. It's going to be a little bit open season. This, and if they had never traded James Harden, and they'd find a way if they hadn't been concerned by the luxury tax this year. Um, boy, this really would have been a nice year for Oklahoma City to just go ahead and take it to the West. Now i got to think it's Spurs Heat again, isn't it? I mean, you got Spurs Heat and Bulls. Bulls are obviously up there. I don't think this puts Houston over the top, which is why it's the one of the the have to move. You know, I feel like I have to. He he he's the best center that's around. But are they even uh, are are they the, in the top two in the West? I I don't think so. Uh, I think Oklahoma City and the Spurs are both better. And if you're not going to make yourself a top five team in the entire league, um, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing that has actually made it. After all, only what nine. Uh, different franchises have, have won an NBA title since 1984, something like that. It's it's ridiculous. Nine teams in 30 years. And then and it becomes ten when you add the other year because of the Sixers. The one fluke year of the Sixers where Dr. J finally got a ring. I don't know. Uh, the last moment of talking about centers, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. They, they made a move that's one of the biggest free agent splashes in, in the history. Uh, of all of Cleveland sports, 
uh, unless you want to conclude overpaying uh, Paul Kruger. But uh, it's something they have to do, and this is one of the smartest deals that I've ever seen Cleveland sports do. There's no such thing as a risky expiring contract in the NBA, especially for the amount of money. I mean, the guaranteed money to Andrew Bynum this year is basically going to be a little less than the mid-level exception that most teams are usually roped themselves into. And at best, they've got a guy that can be a trade chip. They have a guy that can actually produce on the floor. Because when Andrew Bynum actually cares about the sport, he's uh, one of the best centers in the league. Almost as good as Dwight Howard, coincidentally. The Cavs know what they're getting themselves into. They were looking at Bynum, uh, the Bynum trade last year. They've, they've, they've been paying attention to his knees for a full year. They're, they're not losing anything out of this. And the, what they can gain is a big deal. Plus, that $6 million, that gets them that much closer to 90% of the cap when the Cavs are one of the teams with the most amount of money to spend. Um, so there's reasons why this happened, and every single one of them is a smart reason. So i, I got to give the Cavs credit. This is one of the best moves that the Cle Cleveland has ever done in free agency, much better than, than signing hometown boy Nick Swisher, who I love. Everyone knows who's listening to this podcast knows I love Nick Swisher. But you could have got the same production from Josh Willingham uh, for half the money. You know, you, there's nothing, nothing wrong with what the Cavs did with Andrew Bynum. Jared Jack signing was a sneaky good deal that, that gives a very malleable backcourt with uh, Irving, Waiters, and uh, and Jack. Uh, Cavs are doing smart things. Now, I still think Cavs are number two um, behind the Lakers for LeBron, LeBron-Rama 2014, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but it's a distant number two, as I've, I've stated before with podcast of Blondie. All right, folks, we're about to hit 20 minutes of the new stuff, but I want to give one more Model American. And, and finally, this one's an easy one. Now, it's a dead time of the year, which is why I'm being lazy with the podcast. There's not much going on, just the All-Star game uh, for baseball, a little bit of free agency stuff. And thankfully this week, mo pretty much the worst thing we got out of the NFL was Dan Conner. Dan Conner, Model American of the Week. Luggage, Philadelphia Airport, knife. This is one of those easy ones. You know, things that I teach. I want to eventually have a class. After I do about ten years of podcasts, that means you're going to have to listen to me for another seven, I think, or six and a half or something. Sorry about that. But eventually I want to teach a class to young athletes and, and, and just give them all these rules that we're going to eventually come up with over time. Uh, obviously, the first rule is that if uh, you want to smoke a bunch of weed, uh, just don't take it in your car. And if you're going to a boy's place to go smoke the weed, then go ahead and just leave some weed over there, either with your, probably without your friend's knowledge, uh, a place. I mean, you're probably, uh, if he's one of your boys that has followed you up all along, you're probably helping him with the mortgage anyway. So, the least you can do is hide, hide a stash of weed for you for any time you come over. I mean, that's just, that's just common courtesy, you know? But Dan Conner, this is another one of those really frequent events that, 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 you know, unfortunately we haven't seen in a while. And I say unfortunately because we've been dealing with uh, attempted murder, actual murder charges, uh, DUIs on, New on the New Jersey Turnpike. 
finally we just get to a simple, I'm an idiot and I put a knife in my luggage. Well, this is very simple, guys. Just like the weed advice. If it, it really, the ultimate commandment here, if you, if you want to go all Catholic on this, if you want to go biblical, is if there's a rule against it, when it deals with drugs or guns or weapons, don't do it! And in this case, Dan Connor left a, left a knife in his luggage. I got an idea. Before you go somewhere, whether you're a housekeeper, a wife, even your dog probably is smart enough. Go through, go, go through your luggage. One time. One time. And if you find a knife in there, you don't say, eh, I'm going to leave it. Take it out. And if you really need to go get a knife, you're an athlete. Uh, you're going to be able to find the proper phone numbers for any sort of weapons you might need in case you are a New York Giant in Philadelphia, which, I, look, I get it. Yeah, you might need that. No, you should never need that. And someone else should have that for you wherever you're going if you really, really, really feel like you need a knife. Or if you really, really feel like you need a bodyguard that's strapped. Just don't take weapons to the airport. This one's not that hard. This this one is, and and you know what? If you you feel like you have weapons in your luggage a lot, you're a weapon guy. You know, have a little little self recognition there. You're like, probably a good idea to go ahead and take a look at my luggage. Just you know, briefly. Just just briefly. You know, don't don't need to do anything fancy with it. So, folks, that is the uh, bonus coverage on uh, Trader Buds Goof Emporium, and. Enjoy the uh, Major League All-Star game. Enjoy disliking uh, Bud Selig as much as I do and, and the old thinking. Uh, enjoy the rest of July. Only two weeks until NFL training camps, and the coverage really kicks up on, uh, on footballpros.com. See my writings there. Also, uh, check out this week, uh, rumor has it that I'm going to be on a podcast for the Browns for uh, Pro Football Central. Uh, check them up on Twitter. Check their website then. Um, not sure what day this week, but I should be on their Brown show at some point. So, uh, check that out. Uh, I will give a little update um, on links and such when that actually occurs. Until then, enjoy everything, folks. Thanks for listening again. Hope you enjoyed the bonus coverage this time. Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of the Forest Guy Podcast. Podcast. We have a mono-American of the week. Holy crap, that defense is good. Let's get on the lighter side of things. Holy crap, that defense is good. They are the least of the work.